Dudes, we party too hard, so now our bodies are in terrible shape. So we gotta trick the doctor by making it seem like we're in really good shape. And there's only one way to do that. Bleach. Here, drink this murder face. Ah, uh, maybe this sounds a stupid question, but why don't we just pour bleach into our cups of urines? No! Drink the bleach! Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening, subscribing, following, liking, sharing. Appreciate all of it. That's all the show is really asking for from you right now is uh, please spread the word, because that's how people get turned on the show. That's how people get turned on to everything these days. But since there's so much to choose from, and now everything's done basically online every show is posted to to youtube and to podcast distributors then uh, yeah that's the whole thing is <laughs> people aren't going to know about it if you tell them about it kind of like anything else so please spread the word very much appreciated uh please follow on social media as well on twitter and instagram at cape pod uh first off this is going to be a solo show just me haven't done one for a little while uh did one back in june because I just thought, well, I have a few things I want to get off my chest. Not everything needs to be a conversation with someone else, as much as I enjoy that, and that's the standard format, so to speak. It's either myself and one other person, or a panel, or whatever. But I do like doing these shows on my own once in a while, because there are just a few things that I'd like to climb on my soapbox about, so to speak. And also, to be quite honest, since I'm basically a... This show runs on a one-man production team of just me... It is easier for me not having to worry about the the audio engineering of a bunch of guests and making sure everything's working properly through Zoom or coordinating video or whatever. Granted, if it was up to me and if I had the time and the technical know-how, every episode would be a video episode and every episode would have excellent audio and video and everything else. But since I'm doing it on my own, it is frankly a bit of a relief and kind of a break for me to just do a show by myself because plugging in a mic and just having one track with just me on it, it's a hell of a lot easier than trying to do it with uh, multiple people and without the hiccups of technology, which I think we're all used to because every show and every podcast, and television show, YouTube show, whatever, everybody's doing things and we're all at the mercy of technology because everything's done on internet connections and how good your your signal is <laughs> dictates how your audio is coming through or your webcam or the video comes through or whatever. So just to be able to sit here and do this on my own is a very big relief, and uh, I'm happy to do it. So if you'll indulge me once in a while, I do like to do these shows. And uh, it's been like two and a half months since the last one, maybe 10 or so episodes ago. I could look, but I'm already rolling now, so forget it. But I'm just going to sit here and talk about a couple of things quickly, and uh, then you can get on to your next form of entertainment. And uh, you know what? If I was actually better at this, I would have <laughs> tied in giving the Twitter and Instagram handle of uh, Cape Pod for the show. I would have used that as a segue into talking about this, but I'm not that good at this. So, oh well, but too late. Last week, I took a break from social media completely. 
in a calendar week from Sunday to Saturday, the day before yesterday, when you're hearing this, or at least when this is released, I was not on social media of any kind. Didn't check it, didn't get notifications, nothing. Partly because with the pandemic and with COVID-19 and with everything going on with the election and conventions and all that other stuff, it's been a lot. Just emotionally, everything. I mean, the accumulation of the last five and a half months or just 2020 as a whole has been stressful. It's going to go down in history as a horrible year for the world, certainly for the United States. And uh, personally, yeah, of course, it's been difficult. So I thought I, I want to not be as stressed and I want to not have all the, the negative things in my face. Not that the news in and of itself has to be negative, but there's just so much negativity on social media we all know that to be a fact we all hopefully can tune it out or ignore it but sometimes it gets to be too much and i've never taken a break from social media not consciously stayed away from it for an extended period of time there have been days when i haven't been on just because i've been too busy but then i'll end up catching up the next day and uh in this case i just said you know what not gonna check it at all not gonna see if i have notifications not gonna see if anybody dm'd me certainly not gonna post anything Nothing. And I got to say, I didn't miss it. I've said many times that as much as I like Twitter and I'm on Twitter every day, usually retweeting stuff, not posting a whole lot myself, but I do. So I'm not going to say don't follow me. You should absolutely follow me at Chris Abalo on Twitter. But if it disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't miss it. I really wouldn't, especially the way Twitter has unfortunately shaped a lot of what's going on now. In uh, Well, particularly in the last few years, you know, we have a sitting president who governs through Twitter as opposed to actually doing anything. I'm not trying to turn this into a, a political topic. I'm just saying that's one of the ways certainly social media and Twitter specifically and Facebook in a whole other <laughs> in a different but similar realm has influenced day to day life and influenced society in uh, in one way or another including habits and that was the really eye-opening thing with me taking a break from social media is because if i had a moment where or a few moments where i was idle and just sitting on the couch i would unlock my phone and immediately go to press the icons for twitter or instagram which are the two apps i'm on most i do have a, a facebook icon on my home screen as well but i'll usually go there to clear notifications i'm not active on facebook i just have one and unfortunately, Facebook Messenger is where a lot of group chats end up having, including those with most of my friends. So that, frankly, is the reason I still have a Facebook. I personally don't post anything on my Facebook uh, at all <laughs> and don't leave emoticons and don't wish people happy birthday. And yeah, I know it's antisocial and maybe even rude, but it's not exactly special to have an app that reminds you when people's birthdays are so you can wish them a happy birthday. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about specifically Facebook, but. I removed those app icons from my home screen on my phone so I wouldn't even be tempted to check them. And I realized how often I just impulsively or out of habit would open up these apps and just check them because there are times I'd unlock my phone and I'd press my thumb to where the icons usually are and I took them off. They weren't there. And it was really, really eye-opening to think of how many times I'll just go on there when I have nothing else to do. <laughs> it's a time waster. And uh, in fact, years ago when we got our... <laughs> me and the guys from the only podcast that matters when we all got our twitter accounts which was right around the time we launched the show in october of 2010 it's coming up on 10 years since we started that can't believe it 10 years since i started podcasting 
crazy. But anyway, we got on Twitter around that time, sometime between October and the end of 2010, just because we thought, well, we have a podcast, we have a show, we should engage in social media. We always thought Twitter was kind of silly and none of us were really drawn to it. And uh, there, there are only a few of us who are still active on it or, or post or share anything or whatever, or retweet stuff these days. Uh, a few have just kind of lost interest. But my joke was, at the time, Twitter's for the shitter. Like, I will go on Twitter when I'm in the bathroom and I can just scroll and kind of look at things for 10 minutes. I wouldn't be on Twitter every day. I wouldn't be checking it compulsively. I wouldn't use it as a resource for news or what's happening right now or any of that, which I've come to do, honestly. I am checking news as it happens. I am reading about what's going on in the world, in the country, certainly what's been going on with the pandemic. That's been a definite part because you can get your specific news sources without having to watch whatever it is that's on TV. And at the same time, from that standpoint, you can also access any news source because they all have Twitter accounts. So you can read articles from various sources, whichever ones you trust, or if you just want to see what the people on the opposite side of your particular line of thinking, uh, what it is their perspective is on whatever's going on, any given topic. There's 100 perspectives, plus everybody who's just weighing in with their own opinions about whatever. Everybody thinks their opinion has value, and that's why we all have social media accounts. But anyway, I took a week off. I really didn't miss social media, I got to say. And if it all disappeared tomorrow i wouldn't miss it i like it though i do like twitter i do like instagram i like posting on stuff i used to laugh at people who posted constantly on instagram and the joke was people are posting pictures of their food and <laughs> dopey stuff like that or just pictures of their kids and i even joked a while ago i actually got a facebook memory that is one of the alerts i do get on facebook but uh, i got a facebook memory where i posted however many years ago that Instagram was down that night for an extended period of time. And I said, how is it I'll know what my friends are eating? Because that's kind of all it was for a while. And it was a bit of a joke, I think, in the culture that people would post pictures of their dinner or their coffee, particularly when they went out and then people started doing it with like stuff they made at home. And there isn't anything wrong with that. But for a while, that's kind of what Instagram was. And I really, really resisted it until 2014 when I got my Instagram handle of Chris Sells Out which is still my handle on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram. See, as much as I can make fun of it and say it's silly and I wouldn't miss it, I still want you to follow me. Irony. But uh, Instagram, I kind of resisted for that reason. And I said, you know what? I'm not even going to bother with it. I don't want an Instagram. I don't have anything to post. I just don't want to post a bunch of memes or whatever. We had a group one for the only podcast that matters, which we then deleted. And I'm not even sure why. <laughs> I don't even remember why we had it and then just deleted it. I know we stopped doing the show at the end of 2014, but to remove it, I don't get the point because we started it up again around 2016 when we started doing the well, when we released the uh, the Guide to Life series in anticipation of that in spring of 2016. So it was only gone for like a year, but to have deleted it in the first place was kind of silly. And I don't remember how that whole process went down, how that decision was made. But nonetheless, uh, I resisted it for a long time and then finally started posting on Instagram sometime in 2015. And completely resisted snapchat because i said i don't care about posting goofy pictures of me with filters on my face and i don't care about posting videos or pictures that disappear within 24 hours so i never got into snapchat in the first place and now i'm one of these people who does post on instagram stories goofy stuff i'll share other people's posts so people will see them i'll share some funny memes or funny pictures 
or whatever. Or like when I was watching the Star Wars movies a couple of months back, I was posting a picture of every title screen and then kind of writing a short review afterwards. And actually, you can find that. It's highlighted on whatever that row is where you can feature Instagram stories of the past. I do have one for my reviews of the nine Star Wars episodes when I uh, watched them in order, I guess, about two months ago. So those I thought were that was kind of fun in that way to post something that hopefully people will read. And if they missed it, obviously I can share it, but I don't feel the need to share every single thing I posted and highlight it in that row on my profile. That seems a little, little silly and uh, seems a little too self-congratulatory. Like, look at all the great stuff I post on Instagram. Aren't I clever and smart and funny and full of wisdom? No, I'm totally not down for that. But at the same time, I'm okay with posting on Instagram stories, and I'm okay with viewing other people's stories. I'm not sorry if I missed them, clearly, after not being on for a week. I thought, all right, nobody's posting anything that I feel like I'm really missing something if I don't see this. But I don't need a separate app to do so, which has been one of the interesting ways social media has evolved because every app has copied the Snapchat model because they all have filters now. And you can post stories for 24 hours. You can do it on Facebook and Instagram, which are obviously the same company. And uh, also on YouTube, for crying out loud. People of YouTube channels can post stories on YouTube, which, okay, but that model's kind of been co-opted and has been integrated into apps you're already using. So on that front, I'm okay with it. As much as I said, ah, I'm not going to do Snapchat because it's going to disappear after 24 hours. How useful could it be to post on there? That also required a separate app. If it's part of an app I'm already using, then to use it really isn't a big deal because I'm already connected with people on there. I don't need to follow everybody on every different thing. Same thing with TikTok. You can post videos and whatever. I don't care. I don't. I don't need to be on TikTok. I'm not interested in what people are posting on TikTok. Just me personally. You want to look at it? Be my guest. You love watching TikTok videos? Awesome. Just for me, I'm not going to get yet another app to follow more people because it's another way of showing off your... I mean, how many different places do you need to post the same stuff or post different stuff? That seems like a full-time job to me, or more than that. That seems like just a self-employed job that you need to be on that all day. Unless, of course, you have a team of people who can do that stuff for you. And as I said at the beginning of this, I don't have a team of people to do stuff. And I'm not even as active on the on the CAPE social media as I would like to be. And that is changing, in part because I'm looking into uh, different resources to schedule posts. So things will get posted on a regular basis because otherwise... I'm either setting reminders on my phone or I'm posting when I think of it. Oh, yeah, I haven't posted such and such on the account or I didn't share Monday's show on whatever. So admittedly, I'm bad at that because I'm not as active on social media as a lot of, let's say, brands are or shows or whatever it is. And as somebody who personally runs my own stuff and everything for this show as well, then it's a lot to think of, but if I can sit and like schedule posts for the week or for the next couple of days, that's easier than just going on every day and saying, I need to do this. I need to do that. Like that just seems like a whole lot of work. And I'm fine when it comes to promoting this show. I'm fine when it comes to spreading the word and posting on there for that sake. But just because I don't live and die by what happens on my social media, it's not something I frankly thought of. I'm making a really great case for following me and the accounts. But my point is it was very eye opening. For me personally, as far as how I would just use social media in the moment, it was impulsive to like, well, I'm sitting here. Let me see what's going on on Twitter. Let me see if anybody's posting anything on Instagram. And then when the apps weren't on my home screen on my phone, I didn't check them. And uh, I didn't really think much about what was going on or what I was. I didn't have FOMO <laughs> about what wasn't being posted, which, by the way, apparently 
Uh, if in case you don't know what that is, and a couple people don't, because I've said that just because I, I believe that's a real thing. There are very few modern phrases that I will work into my vocabulary uh, because I agree with basic. I agree with because the idea of like you know basic bitches, basic white girls, or whatever. It's usually applied to women, particularly white women. At least in the way I've heard it. But as far as just being basic, that I actually can kind of get behind because that makes sense to me because there's definitely like we're coming up on pumpkin spice season. And that's kind of a basic white girl characteristic. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice, everything, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to get on a soapbox about that. No, no, no. Not for me today. (laughs) Maybe maybe when it kicks in, maybe in October, pumpkin spice, uh, it'll be uh, Kate P.S. No, that's a dumb idea. I'm not going to do that. But basic is one of those terms that I understand and I will use it. And FOMO, which is an abbreviation of fear of missing out, which is what a lot of people have. And I think that happens. This has been studied to death by others, and it's certainly not my own observation. But I agree with it. The idea that you're missing out on something, especially when it comes to social media and the way people present themselves, because they only present, if it's even a real version of themselves, the most positive version possible. And that's come through social particularly instagram because it's so picture heavy and video heavy that you need to show costly that you are killing it no matter what it is you're doing you need to show that you've got an expensive car or you got a jet or you got a stack of bills or whatever it is i mean money not (laughs) the bills in the mail i could show a stack of bills and say i'm killing it as in my credit score but that's not what people want to see they want to see all of the opulence that people have all the success, the hustle, whatever you want to call it. That's what people want to see. So the idea of FOMO and fear of missing out is I should be doing that. Or same when people are out at the club or out at fancy restaurants or on vacation. You know, everybody takes the picture or hot dog legs at the beach, which uh, I definitely didn't miss that this summer with not as many people going to beaches. But that whole thing of like, oh, people are out having fun and I'm not. I'm at home on a Saturday night or whatever it is. I didn't have that, and I don't have that in general when it comes to social media and thinking, much should be out doing that. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was interesting to take a week off, and uh, if it disappeared, I wouldn't miss it. It's not, unfortunately. It's so it, it's become such a fixture in everyone's daily life just in general, or certainly, let me say, people up to a certain age who have uh, adapted to this way of just being on social media or just even checking social media and participating in it. Yeah, it's definitely not going away, but it's interesting to look at it as, wow, I took a break from it and I kind of didn't miss it. So I recommend it for everybody just to see if you can do without it and see kind of like I did, how impulsively you will just go check it because you're sitting there. And uh, have I caught myself doing it a few times in the last two days? Definitely. (laughs) Am I back to doing it again, having an idle moment and saying, let me see what's going on. There I go. Interesting. So that's that. But in other news, this Friday, movie theaters are going to be opening up again in certain states, not here in New Jersey. There's still no plan for them to open up. Thankfully, COVID cases are down and maybe we're closer to it. And as Jack and I just talked about, we're not in any rush to actually go to a theater. There are all these plans. And speaking of social media, I do follow AMC theaters because they're the biggest theater chain in New Jersey anyway. Uh, they're certainly the most prevalent. And, uh, you know, they partnered with, I think it was Lysol or Clorox and, you know, for this whole sanitizing plan and cleaning everything up and making sure there's there's sanitizer and the seats are thoroughly cleaned in between. You know, the theaters are thoroughly cleaned between showings and everything and social distancing and, uh, you know, limiting the capacity like everybody's kind of doing particularly for something indoors like that 
they're trying to make sure that it's uh, they're lowering the risk of spreading anything and making sure that it's clean and safe to go back to the movies. And I get all that. I'm just not up for going yet. And frankly, I can't go unless I drove to another state that is opening movie theaters. I don't know. But uh, I don't know which one's offhand. But I'm not exactly going to be in a rush to do it myself. But here's the weird thing. If they're opening at, let's say, 25% capacity, and I don't know if that's the exact number, but just for the sake of illustrating my thoughts on this, if a screening holds, say, 200 people, if it's, if it's at capacity and they're letting in 25% of that, 50 people, well, all they're showing, at least for this first week, and it knows a few movies opening next week, there's uh, the New Mutants movie, the kind of teen X-Men Supposedly a horror movie that's been delayed. It was shot in 2017 and keeps getting delayed. That's finally coming out. Bill and Ted Face the Music is coming out in theaters where states are uh, in states where theaters are open. I think there's probably some other stuff. Definitely some smaller movies that are getting released as well that I'm sure we're just not aware of because they're probably being released in theaters and being released on VOD. And there's not as much heavily uh, heavy advertising around them. But my thing is, for now, while theaters like AMC are showing $5 movies, showing movies like Black Panther and other like recent hits, I think they showed uh, Jumanji, the last uh, Jumanji movie, things like that for 5 bucks. Well, if they're able to open and have 25% capacity and tickets are 5 bucks a piece, then let's say you have a theater that seats 200 and you're only allowing 50 people and they're paying 5 bucks a pop, that's 250 bucks. I just don't imagine how theaters are going to be profitable. And I know this is short term. I realize this is maybe just for the one week. But until more movies open, they're probably going to keep showing these older movies. And they're going to have to show them at a cheaper price because no one's going to pay full price to go see these movies again in theaters. Especially when they're at least on cable by now, if not on the variety of streaming services. But I just think, are they even going to make any money if they're making at most 250 bucks? I think even big theaters that hold... Geez, I'm trying to think the capacity, you know, normally it says the capacity when you walk in, maximum occupancy. But I think a lot of screens, I mean, maybe the biggest one is like 400. I think the big screen where I saw uh, Avengers Endgame last year, I think it was like 400 capacity. Okay, let's say it's 100, but that's 100 at most. It means you're going to make 500 bucks most from one showing. I just don't know how theaters are going to make money because they're still giving a chunk to the exhibitors. And theaters also make their money, by and large, from concessions. And I get they're scaling down menus and trying to offer, you know, lower priced concessions to encourage people to buy them. Makes total sense. But if you're only having so many people go to the movies and the tickets are cheap and the snacks are cheap, then how are they not going to lose money just in the meantime? I'm all for the idea of we're starting to open things up. People want to go out if they want to go out and assume the risk of going into a closed space with other people, even a limited number of people, then that is their choice, of course. Just because I'm not doing it, I'm not against other people doing it or it being an option. I'm not one of these people who's saying everything should be closed absolutely no matter what. At this point, yes, things should be starting to reopen. If things have been handled at the beginning of this pandemic in March or had been handled before it started to spread like crazy, then ideally things would have reopened last month. But this is a situation we're in now regardless of how it could have gone. I just don't get how theaters are going to make money in this time. And I know people are going to go to the movies to see certain movies in theaters. I know Tenant, the new Christopher Nolan movie, isn't going to be available on demand. Is supposedly, as of now, going to be shown in theaters in states where theaters are open. And that's kind of it. And I think it might be shown in drive-ins. So I don't know exactly how that's going to do. 
and how they even navigate that kind of release. Because if you're limiting the number of people who can see it, but saying, no, this is only going to be seen in theaters, it's only going to be seen in theaters by such a small number of people. And that's assuming people are willing to go to the movies anyway. Because you don't know until you open up. You don't know how many people are going to be willing to go sit in a movie theater with other people or go anywhere. Go to restaurants. I mean, judging by people eating outside at restaurants, hey, maybe it is going to be popular. Maybe people are going to be happy to show up and wait in line at the movies or buy the tickets for a couple of days in advance and go see something new. Maybe, because people certainly go to the malls and restaurants and sitting and eating outside and whatever. So I'm not saying it's not going to be successful. I just don't know how it's going to be profitable when there's a limited number of seats available, even if you're paying full price for a ticket. If I think the average price for a movie ticket's around 10 bucks in the U.S., it averages out to something like $10. And if you're limiting the capacity of people who can see a film in a given theater, so for every screening, then I feel like it's just going to cost the theaters money open-endedly. Because, again, if you're selling 50 tickets, even if they're 10 bucks a piece, you're making $500 per show. That's not a whole lot. And movie theaters are, you know, expensive to run and <laughs> expensive to maintain. And uh, also a little weird because AMC Theaters is kind of in trouble anyway because of debt they have and they were filing for bankruptcy earlier in the year and stuff like that. But they were eager to reopen kind of for that reason. But I don't understand how they're not losing money. I don't know. I'm not an economist. I don't know business that way. I'm just looking at it as somebody who's seeing this reopening and seeing that it's going to be limited and it's going to be cheap. And I'm just thinking, how how is this going to play out? So it's interesting. But uh, you know what? It's going to be my first experiment with getting these. Well, it's not even an experiment. <laughs> it works. It's going to be the first time I'm actually going to be renting one of these movies that's uh, released in VOD that would have been a theatrical release when Bill and Ted Face the Music comes out next Friday, this Friday. I'm very much looking forward to that. Jack and I already talked about it uh, recently on the show, so I'm not going to go into that. But yeah, the movie theater thing is kind of surprising. And uh, if you don't want to hear, this is the point <laughs> where I'm going to talk about the way people are pissing me off during the pandemic. So if you don't want to hear that, if you don't want to hear anything about someone who has feelings with regard to masks and people not being respectful of each other, if you're tired of it, then you could just stop the show now. <laughs> That's why I'm waiting till the end. If I'd let off with this, you may have just stopped listening completely. But since I'm going to be saying it now, and this is going to be essentially the last segment or topic for this episode, uh, if you don't want to hear stuff like that, then you could just turn the show off. Uh, just follow me at Chris Sells Out on Instagram, Crystal Ballo on Twitter, and Kate Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And thanks for listening to this much of it. And see you next Monday. Now, for anyone who's still listening, I'm surprised how flagrant people are with not respecting the rules when it comes to a lot of... I mean, in general, just the, the mask thing. Listen, it's not that big a sacrifice. It's been said repeatedly on this show over the weeks by myself and by the people who've been on Wear a mask. It's not a huge sacrifice. It's not a violation of your freedom. It's not that you're gonna you're not getting uh, enough oxygen or you know you're you're inhaling your own CO two or whatever. Again, talk to a surgeon who does surgery for eight hours and has to wear a mask the entire time, and you tell them you know you shouldn't do that. You know when somebody's operating on you <laughs> and they're doing something, and you got your if you're having bypass surgery and you're you're spread open like a lobster, then make sure to let the surgeon know beforehand. You don't need to wear a mask. Because you're not going to be able to breathe right. I mean, if you're going to give me your germs, whatever, but freedom. Yeah, you're probably not going to do that. But just wear a mask. It's such a minimal sacrifice compared to previous generations and the draft and having to go to war and all these other things that previous generations have had to do. Wearing a mask on your face is 
really the, the least you can do. Literally the least you can do, aside from washing your hands, which unfortunately people need to be told to do anyway. Wearing the mask is such a small thing, and it does stop you from spreading to other people. And if you're wearing the mask, you're showing other people, I care about you. We can do that. And you're not giving up your freedom, and it's not tyranny, and you're not a sheep for doing it. You're showing you care about the other person. And the people are getting pissed off because stores and anywhere else that's open right now is requiring it. Think of it like the dress code. You can't walk in without a shirt and shoes. Now you need to wear shirt, shoes, and pants, and a mask. That's just how it's going to be for a while. And it's okay. It's not that big a deal. And if you don't like the disposable masks, I don't either. They pull on my ears, and I get a headache if I wear one for too long. But I got a cloth mask a couple of months ago, and it's been great. And I can wash it, throw it in with the laundry, and I can wear it all day, and it's comfortable. Now, I try not to be out so long that I'm going to be wearing it for hours and hours. And I do wear it when I go to my parents when I do the the biweekly grocery trips for them and when I'm around doing stuff around the house. When I'm around my parents because I don't want to give them anything, even though I'm not showing any symptoms or anything like that, and I haven't tested positive for COVID, I just want to be careful around them. So I do wear it for a couple hours when I'm shopping for them and when I'm in the house with them and still try to keep my distance because I'm not willing to take the risk. And I know they don't want to either. That's still why I'm doing the shopping for them. They're in their 70s. I don't want them going to the grocery store when I can do it. When I don't have a whole lot else to do right now, it certainly isn't bothersome for one day every two weeks for me to go shopping at the grocery store and then bring them their stuff. Not a big deal at all. But just wear the mask. It's not It's not a big deal. Don't look at it as your freedoms being attacked. The government's, government's being tyrannical. All people who wear masks are sheep. You're literally just showing people that you care about them. And if you have something, you don't want to spread it to them. That's the whole point. It really is. And cover your nose. That's the other big thing that's really annoying me. The amount of people who wear it covering their mouth and don't cover their nose. Do you really think that that's going to do any good? That Howard Stern said best, like wearing a condom on your balls. It's true. Like These people's minds are going to be blown when they find out their noses are connected to their lungs. What? You mean this is all one system? My mouth and my nose? Yeah, believe it or not. It's the same air. You can still spread the virus that way. You still have droplets come out of your nose. Ever had a cold? Case closed. So cover your mouth and nose, for Christ's sake. It's really not that big deal. Get yourself a comfortable mask. My cloth one was 15 bucks. I'll tell you exactly what it was. I should have posted it on social media, actually. I'll have to do that. I got a Rolling Stones mask because the logo of, you know, the mouth and the tongue, I thought would be funny. I am a Rolling Stones fan. Who isn't? But I just thought, okay, that would be a really funny mask. And uh, the website I got it from was We Got You Covered 2, as in T-O-O. And uh, it's a bunch of bands have masks on there. Black Sabbath and there's um, some modern people like Billie Eilish. There are a lot of masks on there. And profits go to music charities, which is great. So I thought, okay, I get myself a nice cloth mask. And it's only 15 bucks. I, I think even shipping was free. It arrived in like two days. And that's what I've been wearing ever since. Haven't worn a disposable mask because I have this one. And it's comfortable. It's fine. It's worth it to invest in some kind of cloth mask anyway because we're going to be wearing them for a while. They're going to be required for a while. Me personally, I'm going to be wearing a mask even after it's not a requirement if I'm feeling less than healthy. There's a, a funny stereotype. Well, it's not really funny. It was funny if you were unaware of the the explanation. So that's not the right word for it. I, I apologize that, that comes off as like I'm making fun of people. But visiting New York City a bunch of times, then of course living in Los Angeles for years, the the stereotype of the Asian tourist would be 
having a camera of taking pictures of anything, but now that's everybody because there's a camera on everything in your pocket. <laughs> but the idea that like, oh, they're wearing masks. Oh, they must be afraid. You know, people always took it as an insult. Like, oh, they don't want to breathe the same air as us or they think we have too much pollution. And certainly in Los Angeles where you know, smog and everything else is very clearly a problem or was until people weren't driving as much, which has been because of this pandemic. Now the air is kind of clearing up. But people had the the gall to get offended which we're seeing more and more of, it's got to be about me. It's got to be something to do with me, and it doesn't. The idea was they would wear something if they weren't feeling well because they don't want to spread their germs. And it's a great idea. And for what it's worth, these other countries are over this pandemic. They're starting to reopen. Their cases have gone way down. The U.S. is still putting up record numbers because people are too stupid or stubborn to just wear a goddamn mask in the first place. Or they just don't care about what is happening right now, about the... The rules. And every establishment has its rules, and it's understandable. The mask mandate is every establishment has to follow it, from what I understand, in the state of New Jersey. But here's one of the reasons why I just feel like people can be oblivious. I was picking up food last week, and the sign on the restaurant door said, um, please, wait, we will be, please wait outside, we'll be with you shortly. And they were open for outdoor dining. <laughs> dining al fresco. Uh, people were seated at the tables outside, and there was a door near that section where uh, the wait staff was able to get in and out. But there was, I'm sure, whether it was the wait staff or a hostess or, or someone who's handling uh, takeout orders, I figured, okay, someone's going to come out. And as I'm waiting there for somebody to come out, because they hadn't just come out yet and, and greeted me and said one thing or the other, but I saw the signs. So I said, okay, I'll wait till somebody comes to me. This couple walks up and the guy says, oh, are they only seating people outside? And he just walks in the front door of the place. And his girlfriend said, babe, nobody, nobody's allowed inside. And he went in anyway. I guess he walked up to somebody, and he was wearing a mask, but still, he just completely didn't read the sign, just walked inside and asked somebody, and then came back out. He's like, yeah, they're only seating outside. Let's go. Dude, where the hell have you been for the last few months? No restaurant seating inside. Nobody's doing indoor dining. I just thought that was insanely oblivious, and the idea to just walk in just because the door was open as an unlocked, it was a closed door, but he decided to go in anyway, like, we sit inside. Give me a break. I mean, first of all... It, where was his head that he didn't know that? Yeah, of course, restaurants are only seating people outside. But also the fact that he was pissed off that he wasn't able to sit inside and they ended up leaving. Like, well, well, where did they go after that? I don't know where anyone's eating inside unless it's at home. But as far as restaurants go, it's not happening. And uh, it's stuff like that that's just frustrating because how do you not know? Like, do you not know what's going on right now? Can you not take the temperature of what's happening? And you're walk when you're walking up to a place and in the front you see people seated outside, if you somehow were oblivious, wouldn't you assume people... It's in an area. It wasn't like a patio area where there normally would be seats. It was an area that was clearly set up because of what's going on right now. But people are just oblivious, and I don't get it. After all this time, I get the frustration. I really do. I understand people being frustrated by it. I would like this to be over, too. I would like to be able to go to the movies. And feel safe. I would like to be able to go to the boardwalk. I was looking forward to it. But geez, you know, the the nine months of the year when the weather's not great in New Jersey. We look forward to being able to go to the boardwalk and go to arcades and the beach and everything else. And this year, it was just off the table for me. I'm not doing it because I don't feel safe. And people aren't practicing social distancing. And they're not wearing masks. And if they are, they're not covering their goddamn nose. So at this point, yes, that frustrates me because we could be a lot closer to the end of this. If everybody would just be responsible themselves and think about the other person. If I sound like an old hippie, 
whatever. Don't care because we're, we're in this together for better or worse. Uh, and, and I'm really tired of the, the entitlement of there should be no social distancing. There should be no masks. There should be the people get pissed off and post constantly on social media about it. It's insane. I want to do this. I want to do that. Listen, there are a few things we know that don't cure COVID-19. One is hydroxychloroquine. Two is selfishness. And three is your entitlement, feeling like I should be able to do this and freedom, freedom, freedom. These fetishists who feel like I've always been able to do this. I should do it. They want all the freedom with none of the sacrifice. Once again, wearing a cloth mask or disposable mask is not a huge sacrifice. So the idea that you can't suck it up for the limited time you're going to be outside anyway, at least it should be if you're at least trying to be responsible to yourself or to the people you are going to associate with. Just suck it up. It's not that big a deal. It's so small. It's not even a sacrifice. It's, it's a small piece of cloth that you need to put over your nose and mouth. Really, get over yourself. Freedom, 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 my freedom. I have freedom. I'm in a free country. I have a right to this. I have a right to that. You're violating my rights. We need to get through this. This is not some tyrannical move to just control people for the sake of controlling them. Nobody wants to tank the economy. Nobody wants to, to force everybody to stay home or want people to not go out and spend money. Everybody wants people to go to stores and put their money into goods and services. That's, of course, that's what people want. I'm saying as far as politicians and you know, the leaders and people in charge and certainly the people who own and run these businesses. Yeah, of course. Even as an employee, you want people to use whatever it is you work for, whatever your company does. You want people to shop in your store. You want people to be able to pay their, their car payment or their credit card bills or call you if their toilet's clogged, you know, <laughs> fix their electricity, whatever. Whatever it is you do, of course people want people to get back to work. That, that goes without saying. So the idea that this is just an idea like they just want to control us and all the conspiracy minded people who just don't get that. No, this is the situation. This is exactly what it is. You can conflate this in whatever way you want and make it like this is some power grab by whomever. But it's really not. This is something that there's a very simple explanation for. There is a virus spreads by droplets. You can spread to someone without knowing it. And uh, since it's out there, since there is no treatment or cure really at this stage, we need to just not spread it so people don't get it. It's what we need to do until there is some cure or some treatment. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. This idea that you're hanging out with whoever it is you know, your friends or your family or whatever, and not wearing a mask and not being safe. Look, like I said, I'm wearing a mask when I'm visiting my parents because I don't want to give them anything in case I picked it up somewhere. I just don't. They're not so insanely fragile that I'm worried that they're going to get Anything that can't handle any kind of bug, but given this virus and the, the severity of it and the what over 170,000 people who've died from this already, I don't want my parents who are of a certain age who are likely to suffer from this should they catch it. I, I don't want that to happen. So I'm OK with wearing a mask around them. But the idea that people are having parties or gatherings or whatever it is, with their friends and family. And the justification is, well, I know them. I know these people. And I've heard that from a lot of people. I'm not just saying like people anecdotally, like in the news or something like that. I'm saying people I know. Well, I know them. Okay, so only strangers can give you COVID-19 or only strangers have COVID-19. And I feel like that really feeds into the idea that somehow it's not out there because it's not affecting you or anyone you know, which has been the problem even in parts of New Jersey here where I am up north. It, it had higher numbers of 
infection rates I mean, and, and deaths and everything else. The further south you get, because things are more spread out and more suburban, and as you get down near where I grew up, that's the, the northern tip of the Pinelands, where it's mostly woods <laughs> and things are a lot more spread out. It's not the country, but it's uh, not as populated by anything <laughs> as North Jersey. But because cases weren't as high there, the idea that, well, I know these people, so they're okay, they're safe. They can't possibly have it. And that's the crazy thing, because people don't have it until they do. And I'm not saying that as like a bleak, scaring people kind of statement. It's just more, well, yeah, everybody says that, but the news is loaded with stories like this. They go to church or they go to a party or there's some kind of gathering and somebody had it and then 20 people have it within two weeks. That actually is how you get it. You get it from people you know. You don't necessarily get it from strangers. You get it because you're getting together with other people and somebody has it, whether or not they know it, which is another thing. I know I said that was the last thing, but the idea is just like, well, they're asymptomatic. Well, yeah, until they catch it, sure. If I get germs from somebody and I get a cold, well, just because I have the germ doesn't mean I'm immediately going to show symptoms. I'll have it and I can spread it to somebody else. So the fact that people get pissed off is like, what do you, all these people are asymptomatic, so we're all supposed to assume everybody has it? No, but you know you can't catch this, and you know you can die from it, because people have died in huge numbers. But the whole idea that people I don't know, and I'm not going to keep going in circles about it, but uh, the whole idea that I know them, it's okay, I know these people. You know, it's like, oh, that's my family, they can't have it. Well, a lot of people's families have had it. And unfortunately, enough people, and I know people personally, and I know of enough people who have lost family members to COVID-19 and it's stupid it can be avoided and you can do something to protect yourself and others because here's the thing if you give it to somebody else you may not know it yes if you test positive for it and then you can give everybody a heads up and I'm sure that doesn't happen a lot because I don't know that everybody if they have it are reaching out to the people they know to say hey uh, remember we got together well I tested positive for COVID-19 so I don't know that people are that upfront about if they find that they have it. But if you go out in public and you're not covering your nose and you end up spreading the virus to somebody, it's not like you'll know you did it. And they won't know they picked it up from being where you were because nobody knows. So if you're causing somebody to get this and somebody is suffering or somebody is, in the worst case, on a ventilator and dying isolated alone in a hospital where they can't be visited, you won't necessarily know that you did that to them. And that is, for me, that's what I'm trying to avoid doing. I'm encouraging people to do it. I think you should do it. Wash your hands, carry sanitizer, wear a mask, cover your nose and mouth. But people are going to resist it. And unfortunately, we're seeing that. I mean, Florida's a perfect example. <laughs> They're putting up tens of thousands of uh, new cases every day. And it's spreading like crazy because there's basically no regulation or enforcement when it comes to trying not to spread this thing. And it's spreading and spreading fast. So there's your, your case that's, uh, you know, the other side of New York where they try to minimize it and try to stop people from coming in contact and, sh contact and shut things down and make sure there was social distancing and there was enforcement on it. And that's why New York is opening. I think they're at uh, stage four of their reopening plan, something like that, but they're largely over it. Cases are really, really low in New York City, which was the epicenter of it a few months ago because they did what they had to do. But then Florida, they're not. And it's still spreading. And I mean, what better an example do you need? Anyway, that's it. I've had enough. I'm annoyed. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I appreciate you listening to me and just what I have to say about it. I know it's a lot of noise out there and everybody's weighing in and giving their opinion or whatever. And that's why I at least wanted to give a heads up. If you didn't want to hear what I had to say about it, then you could have just skipped it. But 
If you did listen, then I appreciate that, and uh, I hope you take it seriously. I'm not a medical professional. I don't know anything more from anybody else. I just know that I don't want to give this to anybody if I have it, and I want to be as safe as possible because I care about the people around me. I care about my family. I care about my friends, and I care about you. I don't want to give it to you, whoever you are who's listening to me right now. I don't. I don't want to be part of this problem. I want to make sure I'm protecting myself in any way possible, because if I don't get it, I can't spread it. So if you even want to look at it in a selfish way like that, like, listen, if I don't get this thing, awesome. But if you don't get it, it means you're not going to give it to anybody else. So that's one way to look at it, if uh, for no other reasons than your own self-preservation. But anyway, thank you, of course, for listening. The show will be back next Monday with a new episode. Please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Cape Pod and forget everything I said about not posting enough because it will happen. <laughs> and uh, follow me on Twitter, Chris Abalo, and on Instagram at Chris Sells Out. And wear a mask. And that's it. Until next time, for myself, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. healthy it's mostly water and we're mostly water therefore we are bleach anyway enough taking let's start drinking